Hi, I'm Talissa. And I'm Rachel, and this is Transatlantic Crime, a true crime podcast that covers stories from each side of the pond. Every week, we will both cover a separate story with a running theme. Disclaimer, this podcast will contain swearing and details that some people may find offensive. If you are of a sensitive disposition, listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Transatlantic Crime. Hi, dude. <laughs> that sounded aggressive. Sorry. <laughs> sounded like you don't like me. Or maybe it's just 8 a.m. again. I love you, Talissa. It's 8 a.m. and Rach. it's midnight for me. I've had a very long and tough week. And oh, so I apologize <laughs> if I sound aggressive. <laughs> it's not directed at anyone. Has there been anything in particular? Anything you could share? Not really, no. Okay. <laughs> secret secret crap it's just been a shit time in the world the shit time oh yeah your texas abortion law that wasn't fun was it yeah you know what else has got passed in uh texas what anyone can get a gun now apparently (laughs) so you what do you want me to do fucking shoot the baby out of me (laughs) (laughs) oh no I do not fucking get your logic. Like, not uh, yours, yeah. personally. Like, Americans. And then, like, I was watching that 9-11 documentary because it's coming to that time yes. again, isn't it? Where yes. it's, like, around then everyone starts, you know, starts bringing out, like, the documentaries. And I watched that one on uh, that I was telling you about. And I learned all that, like, amazingly intricate stuff about the president and if there's a crisis and what they do and stuff you you were texting me all these facts like you you just discovered these facts and i was like yeah i already knew all this i didn't know any of this i was like yeah it's weird like you're someone who's discovering these for the first time and it's like yeah these are all like facts that people know about the president like our prime minister they literally be like do you want to go in the basement of number 10 or what (laughs) yeah hide under the bed they'd be like right there's something really bad has happened yeah and he'd be like he'd be like to the bunker they'd be like there is a bunker no (laughs) there is no bunker get on your work (laughs) there's under the bed there's the closet or you can run down you can go where the cat goes when there's a thunderstorm (laughs) yeah what did you learn about our president and what happens um, when there's a, a crisis and he might be in jail or she someday might be in danger? Fucking let's hope so. Well, if there was an emergency now, Kamala Harris would be. Yeah. No, they keep they keep the president and the vice president in different places. Yep. So mm-hmm. that if one of them dies, the other one can take over. Yeah. They they took him up in like Air Force One. Mm-hmm. No, they took him up in his plane and then like had air force one like circle the plane yeah then they had like every single plane in america grounded yeah and the ones that didn't ground it was obvious that those ones have been taken over by terrorists yeah all of this shit you know yeah. i didn't think of and then i i said to tom like yeah they they put him in a plane and like he was in the air he was like yeah because it's hard to hit a moving target right i was like oh my god yeah <laughs> it's fucking crazy we also have Camp David where the president goes and that is like a legit bunker where yeah. nothing can crack it. And I think he spent some time I'm, there too. Wow. I'm sure there is probably a bunker, but like British people are just like, eh, blow over. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's that bad. Make your own. Yeah. <laughs> like that was literally what we did in the war that we were like, just make your own bunker from things yeah. you find around the house. <laughs> yeah. Where did Winston Churchill hide? Oh, in the war rooms, I think, which are below... You can go there now. I really wanted to go, but it was like really? £27 for a ticket or something. And I was like, fucking hell. I'll just watch a YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I come out, then we'll go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got, I've got money now. Whereas like then, I think £27 was like a shitload of money to me. Yeah. Which, I mean, like... I, don't think that, I don't think that is cheap for like... It's not. It's not cheap, is it? No. I think if it's if it's more than a, than a movie ticket, it's expensive. Definitely. Having said that, those prices have gone up. <laughs> I'm like literally the oldest woman in the world. <laughs> and welcome Things used to, to be cheap. Historical hour with <laughs> Talissa Stevens.
I remember when you could get a can of Coke for 25 pence. I don't know about you. Oh, dear. So I just wanted to say thank you because we have a new Patreon. Yay. Um, Jonathan, who always supports us on Twitter and is really lovely about us all the time. He says we make his week better. So um, thank you so much for your support. And Jonathan, you make our week better. Thank you. You really do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you. Also, just an announcement. It's my birthday tomorrow. Just yes. So everyone should know that. Happy birthday yeah. to Lissa. What are you going to do? <laughs> um. Well, today I'm going axe throwing. Yay! And I know, right? And also to a really nice restaurant, uh, an Indian restaurant that's called can't remember the name. Anyway, not important. But uh, no, it's called nut. It's called Nutmeg in oh, um, nice. Bristol. If anyone wants to go there, but yeah, apparently it's incredible. So uh, Carly like booked that, and then my mum's coming up on the Sunday, and we're going out for another meal. Which would be nice. Wow. Basically, I was meant to, I was meant to go to a festival and then I couldn't go because my friend's mum was really ill, who I was going to go with. So I had to rearrange everything. But everyone's really pulled it out of the bag. So that's awesome. Yeah. So best wishes to my friend and her mum. Yeah. And I hope that all works works out. But yeah, we just rearranged it all basically. But yeah, I've, I'm I'm looking forward to the axe throwing. Although they say like <laughs> on the thing, they're like, we, we, we can give you beer and like, we really do limit the drinks. <laughs> they're like, please keep an eye on your drinking throughout the whole experience. If you could put like a picture on the target, what would it be? Oh, mate, there's too many. <laughs> there's too many. There's too, too many people. I fucking hate so many people. Um... <laughs> And, and and even if I I can't even well let's just say my French ex boyfriend he's number one okay. on the hit list I think yeah yeah that's legit because I All was because right. I was like really good to him and he you know when you're like you take stock of bad relationships or yes. you take stock of, stock of relationships you go was I a dick there in right. fairness like right. and and I look back at him and I go no I wasn't a dick at all like no. I didn't deserve how he treated me at all. Some some other relationships fine. I did my bit, I but that get one, it. <laughs> yeah, was a cunt. Full stop. So, I'll imagine the the axe flying at his stupid French face tomorrow. <laughs> Today. <laughs> Today. What what day is it? <laughs> yeah. Well, happy birthday, happy birthday, and I sent you something, but I sent it yesterday, so Aww. you probably won't get it till like next week. So you're so sweet, mate. You don't have to send me anything. Although well, um, some people's love language is presents. <laughs> I think we've and decided like that it. neither of ours is is gifts. No, but you always send me stuff. Yeah, I didn't mean, I send you some Percy pigs? You sent me some Percy. Yeah, so it's more acts of service, yeah. I think, which fall under the like gifts yeah. fall under the umbrella of that. And also, you want to show someone that you remembered their birthday and that they're special. So yeah, I kept I kept like the little note that you put in the last birthday present Aww. that you gave me, which was like little home little homemade candles and like face masks. Yeah. So I obviously used used all of that and then and then kept kept the little note. Aww. Because I don't really have apart from the podcast, I don't actually have many relics of our friendship. I know. <laughs> Nearly our entire friendship is digital. <laughs> it really is. If there's like a magnetic storm, we're just gonna be fucking wiped off the grid. <laughs> it's like we would have never uh, known each other. Honestly. Scary. Um, I've got the note though. So I'll keep it in a fireproof box. Yeah. <laughs> we did exist. Yes, it happened. Right, yeah. Okay, should we go on with our story? Because fuck this. Let's get into <laughs> it, yeah. Okay. <laughs> right, so I think, am I first this week or are you? you? You are first. We have the correct theme, both of us. Yep, nailed it. Nailed yes. it. Um, <laughs> so the theme is uh, female... Mer- no, it's not really, I'm joking. <laughs> Don't listen <laughs> No, that was fun. Okay, the theme is... <laughs> Talissa, my heart literally started to drop. No. You're like, I got up, I stayed up to 12 for this. I can't. This is, yeah, this is Friday night. No, no more Hard jokes. week. No more I jokes, I promise. I can't do this anymore. I shouldn't have done that. I nearly pushed you over the edge. Right. <laughs> I admit, that was wrong. 
Okay, so it, the theme is peeping toms. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes, you are right. Okay. Right. Um, so this one, I was like, oh, this is going to be hard. Turns out there's a lot of fucking perverts out there. Mm. <laughs> yeah. A lot. I think in England, like, I don't know, is it more common? I think the houses are just more squished together. So like, it's just easier for people to just like go from one house to another going, nope, you're not naked. Next yeah. one. And um, you can run off so, into a field and no one will ever see you. No one really has a gun yeah. to point at your face. <laughs> so look away. Okay, so I'm not going to tell you uh, the title of it. Otherwise, I think it would give it away. But I will say that I didn't hear about this when it happened, which okay. is sad because I feel like it deserved more coverage. Mm, okay. And now they've kind of, yeah, they're kind of like, like, I'll tell you in a minute anyway. But okay, so it's July 2017. Mm. and a woman um who like she remains anonymous basically like she she's in the papers they call her sarah but that's not actually her name okay so she called the police and said that while she was in bed with her boyfriend and this is the words of the bbc being intimate oh (laughs) i'm not sure that's what the sun would have used (laughs) being intimate with her boyfriend and um she looked at the window and saw that it was open slightly and she could see a man's face and hands pressed up against the window no that is horrific yes her boyfriend then looked out the window and also saw the man he went to go outside but the person had disappeared her room was in a shared student house in hull and it was at the front of the house on the ground floor so you know like in student houses yeah you're like we don't need a dining room that's a bedroom now (laughs) yep (laughs) we'll put the tv Um, over here and yeah the a curtain here yeah so yeah, she's she's basically like in like a student house in Hull, which okay. must have been about ten p a week. Um, oh, Hull is Hull is very very up north, like near Newcastle. Just yeah, it's not Scotland, an expensive basically. place to live. Let's put it that way. Again, uh, just alienating our northern listeners. <laughs> but before before they're completely alienated, all of my family are from Middlesbrough, so I'm also making fun of myself. Yeah, when I say that, like. I don't think it's cool that the houses down here are ridiculously no. expensive. <laughs> it's just closer to Europe. Exactly. Like slightly. <laughs> it's closer to the London airports. That's yeah. the only reason. And all my family are here. So basically her room was a, was a really easy target because mm. it faced the road and it was on the ground floor. So three hours later at 4am, her housemate came home from a bar shift. Oh, I remember that. Yes. Hideous. So many. You get home at 4 a.m. and you're like, well, I'm not tired because I've just had a couple of drinks and I've just had music in my ears all night and they're ringing. What do I do? Nobody else is awake. I've been mopping up like piss. Yeah. (laughs) Well, this woman, after that experience, came home and found a used condom (gasps) and a pair of black lacy knickers hanging off of the front door handle. What? A used condom. Gross. Okay, this this story is really annoying, right? So she rang the police and they just didn't take it very seriously. Of course. Her mum was an ex-policewoman, so she rang them again and insisted that they come around and take fingerprints off the window. Mm. Because I'm assuming that, like, obviously you've got a used condom and that's DNA. Yeah. But a DNA test is far more expensive and involved than a fingerprint test. Right. So then Sarah, not her real name, um, installed a CCTV camera herself. And she said that she, there was like loads in this article about how she was just like really fucked up for ages and was like really scared to be in the house on her own. And um, she slept with a pair of gardening shears under her bed. And like, I think it was your house. And she would, apparently she would like lock herself in her room and she wouldn't even like go to the loo in the middle of the night. She would just like wait. You can't go to the other students. Can I swap rooms because somebody keeps looking in my window? Right. <laughs> like, what can you do? You just have to stay. Like, well, yeah. I guess you can move house, but like, why are you moving? Like, right. So uh, after this, around Hull, there were more reports of peeping toms and public acts of lewd conduct. Mm-hmm. So um, there was a man who was spotted looking through a woman's blinds as she came out of the shower. Another woman reported that she was getting ready and she was just wearing leggings and a bra when she saw a man looking through her living room window. And then the same woman also reported seeing a man's hand coming through her fucking letterbox Ew. less than a month later. Oh my God, you would run to get a knife and stab the shit out of his, fa- like, out of his fingers, wouldn't I you? I think I would freeze. I would be staring yeah. at it. 
And then I'd probably throw something. I wouldn't go anywhere near yeah. it. Yeah. Like he'd throw a shoe at a spider and just yeah. hope it hits it. Yes. <laughs> there were also burglaries reported. So in one case, the perpetrator stole, stole three sex toys from a house but left TV, jewellery and laptops. So okay. that's gross. Yeah. Um, and then in January 2019, two separate women saw him masturbating in the street. Ooh. When they said when he knew they had seen him, <laughs> he acted unbothered. So up, up until now, right, none of this has been linked. So what do they think is happening? How many perverts are in Hull? That you the think cops that are it's like, just, oh, uh, the guys are just horny, I guess. I guess that's just something. Boys that, will be boys. Exactly. <laughs> what do you think is going on? Like, this is an obvious spate of like sexually motivated crime. Like, I do not understand. So yeah, like I said, up until now, none of the cases have been linked. Despite a condom and a pair of knickers being left at more than one crime scene. Hmm. So that's his calling card yeah. and they still ignored it. In one case, they were discovered beside a toy belonging to a victim's child. Ew, dude. So he, he gives no shits, obviously. No. Um, so the man that did all of this was a man called Powell Relowich. Relowitz. Relowitz. Okay. Powell Relowitz. Yeah. He was sure? 20... Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How would you pronounce a c- this? Is fucking stupid for somebody called Talissa, but how would you pronounce a C and a Z together? <laughs> uh, like a ch. Yeah. Right? So Relowich. Yeah. He was a twenty-six-year-old butcher, and he had a wife and two children. Oh. So that's nice. Um, after this spate of like sexual crimes, on the first of February two thousand nineteen. So this has been going on for two years, and no one's even fucking run a fingerprint basically at this point i'm um, speechless yeah like what are so, they doing in hall there's not much going on exactly it's not like a fucking hub of activity i wouldn't have thought <laughs> i mean like but the thing is this is the whole thing about peeping toms right people have that attitude well not anymore but people used to have the attitude of oh it's just like they've got a cute name yeah like it's like how people they, would seen as... see stalkers it's like oh you know oh they just like gonna, you yeah they're not gonna do anything they're just looking you should be f- you should be flattered Mm-mm. that somebody wants to invade your privacy hideously yeah. and without your consent look at your naked body <laughs> like and i think thanks, cops guy. are like well we don't we can't it is hard it's like how do you prove it if someone's like and how do you find your, them yeah looking in your window or your door well, finger fingerprints yeah like the, her mum had a good idea ex-police lady mum she had the right idea so it's anyway true, but like the first uh, sorry i'm just thinking about like how you could f- argue that of like oh i just wanted to see if someone was home like you know looking in the window to see mm. i had a package or uh i was knocking on their door and i looked in their window you know some you could argue those things it's suspicious but it's not like downright criminal yeah exactly to to look in someone's window right like yeah so on the 1st of february 2019 21 year old libby squire who was at the university of hull um studying philosophy was reported missing after a night out her and her friends left their student house um after like Mm pre-drinks and they went to various venues in the town and then they went to the welly nightclub um, and when she arrived at the Weather nightclub, the bouncers wouldn't let her in because they said that she was too drunk and she had to go home. Okay. So her friends put her in a cab. The cab reported to have dropped her off outside her house in Wellesley Avenue. But instead of going to her house, she walked around the local area. I don't know why. Oh, Basically, why? she is absolutely... Sh- oh. She is shit-hammered. So witnesses said she was mumbling to herself and she fell over three times and was unsteady on her feet. Oh, gosh. Again, again, like, this is... I don't know if anyone stopped her or was like, are you okay? Or, yeah. You know, like, she, need, she needs help. Yeah. Um. So she was... Basically, I thought, like, cab driver's going to be a suspect immediately. But she was later seen on CCTV walking to a bench on the nearby Beverly Road. Okay. Which was close to a junction at around 11.45 p.m., she only had like a tiny dress on like she wasn't dressed for the weather and it had recently snowed mm. and it's fe- it's february 
so it must be fucking freezing yeah. and Hull is cold Hull is basically Scotland oh, those um, northern girls they know how to deal with the cold though they really do. Yeah, they, they go out like shit. just wearing a, they just go out wearing a dress of tights and they're yeah. like, fuck you. I'll get a wine coat on. <laughs> and then a witness who lived close to where Libby did reported hearing screams at twelve thirty AM mm. on February the first. So they realised that she wasn't around and the police were called, she was reported missing. Um, police found lip gloss, a screwdriver and a hammer in a hedge close to where she was last oh, seen. No. But it, they didn't know if it was connected to the case. Yeah. And then three days later on February the 4th, they were swabbing a front door on the street where Libby lived. Not her front door, just a front door. Okay. And they found her phone in her bedroom. So it's almost like she went home and then she went back out again hmm. because she left her phone in her house. I'm trying so, to like follow. Is that true or? Well, that's that's for me. That's just conjecture. But yeah. she, I don't don't think I don't think anyone's going out with their phone, are they? Like without their phone. No, in not in 2000. Yeah. Yeah. So they they found her phone in her room. So my theory is that she maybe went in and then she went for like a little walk, maybe to like sober up or something. Yeah. I don't know, but. Maybe she was going to go to the um, shop and get a snack. Yeah, like food takeaway or, yeah. yeah. In 2017, there wasn't like really like Uber Eats and all that kind of stuff. So unfortunately, she was discovered six weeks later on March 20th, 2019 in the Humber Estuary by a fishing boat. So that's just like a really massive bit of water. Mm. Um, she had a gold necklace on with the letter L still hanging around her neck. Aww. She had been raped and strangled to death. Her funeral took place on October the 3rd, 2019. So that's fucking ages they had her body. Yeah. From March until October at St. Lawrence's Church in West Wickham at 1pm with hundreds of people gathering to pay their last respects. Wow. So police basically connected the crime with Relowich when they saw CCTV of Libby being piled into his silver Vauxhall Astra. Oh my gosh. And they drove, he then drove her to a secluded playing field where her screams were heard. Oh. So then they caught him on CCTV again, leaving the playing field about seven and a half minutes later without Libby. And then it, he went home to his house where his wife and children were. And then at 2.25 a.m., he returned again to the field and stayed there for a few minutes. What? So God knows. Like, What's he what telling his wife? Doing. But um, it, Well, it, like from what I read, he treated her like absolute shit. Mm. So... He was just like, I'm doing whatever I want. Okay. Um, basically, he was already in prison serving a five-year and eight-month jail term for the eight charges of voyeurism, outraging public decency, and burglary. So they did finally connect him to all of those crimes of him, like, wanking in the street and leaving condoms and knickers places and burgling houses. They finally found out that was him. Yeah. And then, before he had been sent away to prison for this, yeah. he had also murdered murdered Libby. So, at his murder trial in Sheffield Crown Court, Rolowich would tell the jury of five men and seven women that I included this because I don't know what the fuck he's on about. He was not the phantom killer in tight trousers portrayed by prosecutors. What? What? Is that a thing? Like, the phantom killer in tight trousers? Sounds like the shittest play ever. Maybe that's what they called him while they were putting up their arguing statements or something. And he was, was like, thinking, no, like, I'm not it... that guy. I'm not this evil man. I was thinking, is it um like something in Polish that didn't translate very well? <laughs> like that's a Polish saying, you know what yeah, I mean? Maybe, yeah. I don't know. If anyone's um, in Poland, any... tell us. Yeah. Does, is that a thing in Poland? Phantom killer in tight trousers? <laughs> um. So... He said that he wasn't that guy, but he was a hard-working family man whose crimes were a result of a fetish driven by pro problematic sexual urges. Well, they've probably got your semen inside Libby's body and shit as your DNA all over her. So, yeah. And they have your DNA and your fingerprints because you're already in prison for doing loads of weird shit. So I don't know how you're going to defend yourself there. If you like, are truly a hardworking family man who's honest and moral, then you would go see a therapist and you would yep. turn yourself in. 
And you wouldn't leave used condoms near children's toys. No. <laughs> that too. So, yeah, could you not do that? Is that what you do in your house? Like, <laughs> would you do that in your house? <laughs> like your teacher asks you. You're right. <laughs> would you put your shoes on your desk in your house? <laughs> um, he was... He was convicted um, of rape and murder at Sheffield Crown Court after 27 hours and 55 minutes of deliberation on February the 11th, 2021, which isn't that long. He showed no emotion when the verdict was read out and he was remanded in custody ahead of sentencing February 12th, 2021. So this is so recently. Mm. So Yeah, this year. Yeah, so two years after she went missing, it took basically to get justice. And then coronavirus happened, so I don't know how long he got, but I'm assuming it was a fucking shitload of time and he was already in prison. So despite writing her groveling letters from prison, um, his wife was called Jagoda and she dumped him after his yes. arrest for the sexually motivated burglaries, not even f- b- when she found about the murder, just for the stealing dildos. She was like, no. Yeah. Um, and mean, her and her two children. Minimum. Yeah. She's yeah. like, I don't want to talk about it anymore. That's it. I'm off. I'm so, done. I am done with you. So her and her two children are now living back in Poland. Good. And that is the story of Power, Powell Rellowitch's wow. murder of Libby. Poor Libby. Because I don't feel like she got any press. No. Like, I did not hear about this. And it's fucking awful. And it it kind of just goes to show, like, the disparity between the North and the South in England. Like, in the South, Sarah Everard went missing and there were, like, countrywide protests. Yeah. And in the North, Libby Squire went missing and I didn't even hear about it. It's sad because pretty similar. Well, fucking similar. Yeah. Apart Apart from Libby was, like, clearly drunk. And Sarah Everard wasn't drunk. So uh, maybe there's something there, you know? Also, Joanna Yeats. It's it's Hull as opposed to London, where there's thousands more people. Yeah. In Bristol, Joanna Yeats, like, she was like, they Mm. were like, oh, she went for drinks, but like, she came home and she wasn't drunk. So, like, I got my information from like the BBC and The Sun. And like, the way they wrote in the papers were like, she was staggering around like she could barely walk. Like it was quite, it was kind of victim blamey. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, it was reported that she was drunk, but that doesn't mean she fucking deserved to get killed. It means she deserved help. Exactly. She's 21. Who hasn't been like blind drunk at 21? When you were saying that, I was like, man, I can remember a few of those nights where I've been in that place. I said, it's a miracle I'm not dead. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about like when you mentioned the cab driver I've had some really good cab drivers who've dropped me off and make sure I get into the house yeah that's another thing that's like especially in England I feel like people are more likely to be like that and yeah in this case nobody really was I guess or maybe some people were but you know the only other thing that would have like the only other thing that would have been better is if one of her friends went home with her yeah but you don't know if they live in the same house like right. you can't always expect gonna go your stay friends over? to when you're all t- you know early 20s and everyone's partying and then you yeah get you you know you're like oh i want to continue my night there's nothing wrong with all them her friends doing must that. feel so bad that, yeah they they did the right thing of like sending her home, but like in a cab, yeah, yeah, sad, but yeah, and thank fuck that man is in prison. Yes, what on God's green earth do you think you're doing? Yeah, good story and and good to give it exposure too, since it I didn't hear yeah. of it. True, very true. Um, okay, well. We're going to go down to uh, the serial killer heyday and... Oh, Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Good Christ. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Let's hear about some shitty people. (laughs) 
So this week, my peeping Tom is Philip Joseph Hughes Jr. Oh, I don't actually know this person. Um, I didn't really know much about him either because he, as you'll find at the end of the story, he's overshadowed by bigger people. That happens sometimes. Yes, especially in these years, which is 1970s in this location, which is Contra Costa County, which is... Oh my Christ, everyone was murdering. (laughs) Everyone was. (laughs) If you weren't murdering, you were being murdered. Yeah, fuck me. I don't know how anyone survived. Like, why do people keep living there? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. It must be fucking nice down there. It's just, <laughs> it's like suburbs, spacious. They Like, articles that I was reading was like, that's where families moved because it was safe and it was beautiful weather and there were nice schools and that's it. Nothing that's else. That's what they'd like you to think. That's what they wanted <laughs> you to think. Um, I will say though, uh, for people that don't know, Costa is it Costa County? Conta Costa, what is it? Conta co- <laughs> uh, No, <laughs> Contra Costa County in California. Yeah, um, I only also- know because of the Golden State Killer deep dive. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I listened to the Murder Squad, and Paul Holes is always referencing it because that's where he, that's Lovely. where his jurisdiction was. Lovely Paul Holes. That's why yes. all the women moved there. <laughs> all right. So, Philip Joseph Hughes Jr. was born January 29th, 1948, in Fresno County, California. He grew up in Contra Costa County. I literally couldn't find out barely anything about his childhood, his parents. Same about my like guy, that. really. Yeah. Annoying that sometimes because it's it nice. Is. It's- because sometimes you can like tell not nice but yeah you can see it coming right (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) i mean like last week when i talked about um tommy karate it's like he was bullied a bunch and he got into karate like you could you could see the correlation yeah you could see the the spiraling (laughs) down of his fucking sanity (laughs) I was going to say progression and you said spiraling down like the exact <laughs> opposites. But yeah, with uh, Philip Joseph Hughes Jr., he I couldn't find anything out about him, but it, things must have been shitty because by the time he reached high school, he was known to torture and kill animals and oh. he had turned into a serial peeping Tom in high school. Great. My guy, he was a peeping Tom. We don't know if he hurt animals, but it's just like setting fires, hurting animals, yep. creeping What's around. The other one on the triad, wetting the bed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those are all seri- serial killer attributes. Those were just two little things that I found out about him as a youngster. He tortured animals and killed them. And in high school, he would sneak out of his parents' house. Mm. Uh, and he would be naked, and he'd be walking around his neighborhood, and he would look what? into people's homes. Uh, High school. Uh, what, um, <laughs> what a way to draw attention to yourself. I'm sure he was Act sneaking casual. around. <laughs> oh, um, God. Just a what bare do you need ass to be naked? running down the street. <laughs> <laughs> God. So not long after that, it escalated into him breaking into people's homes and eventually stealing women's underwear. I'm seeing a trend here. Yes. It only goes downhill from here, really. According to Paul Holes, this is Paul Holes talking about this man. He would bring the undergarments home and he would wear them and he would specifically wear bras and then he would stab the cups of the bras. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it's like, wh- what was going on in his life that he Fucking had hell. this impulse to do this? I really wonder. I just think, like, how do you figure out you're into that stuff? Just listening to your heart, I suppose. <laughs> just <laughs> Follow your intuition. Follow your dreams. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> if that's your dream, then seek help. Immediately. Yes. (laughs) 
when he graduated high school, Hughes stayed in the same area, finding work as a janitor, and he continued to sneak around at night spying on women. It soon escalated. So we're going to mm. get straight into what it escalated into. In 1972, Hughes had just been dumped by his girlfriend. And this is going to sound very familiar, but she had a certain look. She was petite and she had long oh. brown hair. So after shortly after he was broken up with, on the night of November 14th, 1972, 19-year-old petite brunette Maureen Field wasn't his girlfriend. She was waiting yeah. for her dad uh, after her shift ended at the Pleasant Hill Kmart. Kmart is like a Asda, I guess. Just like, like yeah, yeah. So she's waiting for her dad. Instead, she accepted a ride from Hughes. Hughes's family lived a few blocks from Maureen's home, and Maureen's brother, Joseph Field, was a friend of Hughes's younger brother. So it wasn't like she didn't know who this guy was. She kind of knew him. They were in the, they lived in the same neighborhood, and her brother was friends with his brother, so she accepted a ride from him. I would probably do that. Yeah. Like, as well. Yeah. Like, if my one of my brother's friends, like, or friend of a brother's friend offered me a ride, I'd be like, okay, I've just finished a really shit shift. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is where I live. My, my brother knows taking, you. Like, my dad's taking forever to pick me up. This guy. Yeah. And he wasn't a bad looking guy either. And he was 24. She was 19. So he picked her up. So when her father got there to pick her up, she wasn't there. She didn't show up that night nor the next morning, but around the next morning, Maureen's father got a call from an unknown man. The man claimed to have killed Maureen and dumped her body off Morgan <gasps> Territory Road, and the family were like hoping against hope that what? it was a joke, that it was a prank. They Cheers for the heads up, you fucking maniac. Yeah. What the, the... hell? <laughs> I know. An investigation followed, but months went by and authorities were not coming up with any leads. Maureen's family continued to leave a place for her at dinner. They bought her Christmas presents, mm. and one of her sisters even got married where they left a place for her at the head table. So they oh, were completely God. like, the phone call, they really hoped it was a prank. They were hoping that she would come home, and she didn't. But she was there. Was she actually where the murderer said she was? Uh, yes. Oh. Yeah. After four months, Maureen's body was found along Morgan Territory Road, which is what he had said on the phone, near the base of Mount yeah. Diablo. She had been well, raped and stabbed. foreboding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the location where her body was found was about 20 miles from where she was last seen. So Hughes managed to avoid suspicion and continued to prowl around his neighborhood. In January of 1974, so two years later, two years after Maureen had been killed, he had managed to rope in his girlfriend, a woman named Suzanne Perrin, to take part. The two kidnapped 15-year-old Lisa Ann Beery from Oakland at Knife Point near her home. Her mother had sent her out to cash a check for her at the local shop, and Hughes and Perrin took Lisa to a home that they were house-sitting in Oakland. And Perrin, the girlfriend, she waited upstairs while Hughes sexually assaulted Lisa Ann and stabbed her to death. She How do these 15. people find each other? I don't know. I really don't know. And Lisa Ann was also another... She looked similar to Hughes's ex-girlfriend. She had long brown hair. She was petite. She was pretty. Um, her mother reported mm. her missing when she did not re when she did not return home that night. In the seemingly safe suburban neighborhood, again, police could not come up with any leads. Like nobody saw anything. She just vanished. It must be so hard in the seventies. Yeah, maybe that's why it happened so much in the seventies. It doesn't happen so much anymore because we have mobile phones. So you just like go ping. That's where you were at that time. It's crazy. Your every move it, is trapped. It's also, it's also so... <laughs> Serial killers at that time were what? so basic. Like, 
uh, Joseph D'Angelo, <laughs> this guy. It's like, I'm going to find uh, Ted Bundy. I'm going to find a woman who has long blonde hair or long brown hair or kind of looks like my girlfriend. Like, it's just so basic. I feel like these days... Well, like, if come up with a better plan. Is that what you think? I just think if that, if that happened these days, people are a lot more savvy and they'd be able to, like, connect it very quickly. It's like, if your girlfriend dumps you, that doesn't make you, like, a homo yeah. or whatever your dad would have said to you yeah. in the 70s. Like, oh, well, what's up, your homo? Couldn't get it up or, like, something. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, your dad would just fuck you up for life and, like... Not that I'm saying his dad did this because he was killing animals years ago, but I'm just right. saying like different attitude completely yes. to yeah, masculinity exactly. back then. That's what I mean about basic. It's like, oh my gosh, my girlfriend broke up with me. Now I'm going to seek revenge on everyone who looks like her. Dude, yeah, you guys are in early 20s. Plenty more fish in the pl- sea. Move on. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. Basic. Grow up. <laughs> So, yeah, police couldn't come up with any leads. Lisa's body wasn't found until five years later in the same area as Maureen Fields was found along the Morgan Territory Road. On March 19th... that's a connection, right? Or is it just the biggest road ever? I think it's just a rural area, so it wasn't... Um. And Plus, there were about 20 other bodies on that fucking road. (laughs) There there could have (laughs) been. At this point... Contacosta County, like, they're they're just everywhere at this point. It's like fucking killing fields out there. Yeah. But yeah, the, it wasn't found till five years later, and we'll talk about how it was found anyways. It wasn't wow. because somebody stumbled across it. So, on March 19th, 1975, a year after Hughes and Perrin kidnapped Lisa Ann Beery, Hughes broke in, so he's escalated now. He broke into the mm-hmm. home of Letitia F- Faggot. I her name is spelled F A G O T. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but that's how you spell it. Um, okay. So Letitia, she was a 25. year I would say for go. <laughs> Put a French twang on it. Okay, I will do that. She was a 25 year old woman who worked with Perrin. Letitia was home alone and taking a shower when Hughes broke in, uh, sexually assaulted her, strangled her, and beat her to death with a hammer. Um, shitting hell. Yeah. S- super escalated. He Let- also doesn't really have an MO because last time it was stabbing. Yeah. And that was one of the things that- there Makes were it more complicated, right? Three different murders that were similar but different enough to not be connected. Yeah. The second one was a 15-year-old, so yeah, that can also throw it off. Letitia's husband came home to find the scene, and he immediately called the police. Worst nightmare to come home to. I, Whenever I hear stories about people coming home to find their like partner or their husband or wife or Child like, son or, or daughter dead, yeah. yeah, they come home to find that. I just think... Well, burning this house down, never coming back to it. Like, no. Why? The, what the fuck? How could like, you? That would be so difficult. I totally agree. Like, let's with all you. just let's all just watch TV in this room where we found our dead loved one. Right. Like, let's go to sleep fuck now. Fuck that. Fuck that. No way. Yeah. For the next four years, investigators could not find anything that would lead them to Hughes until. In July of 1979, Perrin, Suzanne Perrin, walked into a police station where she claimed she was involved in three (gasps) murders. Okay. She knew of the first murder of Maureen Fields as her now ex-husband, Philip Hughes, told her of it taking place. So that was the first one. Perrin took police to where the body of Lisa Ann Beery was. So that's how they found her body five years later because Perrin just took them to her. Wow. And she knew exactly where it was because she had helped Hughes dispose of it. She also confessed to telling Fuck Hughes me. about a woman that she worked with, Letitia. Mm-hmm. Uh, she worked with Letitia. <laughs> yeah. And she had a similar look to the other women that Hughes was targeting, which was petite and brunette Ugh. and pretty. 
So Hughes was arrested shortly thereafter, and he went to trial in 1980. Perrin testified during that trial that he wanted to kill a former girlfriend, but feared he was an obvious suspect, so he killed others in place of the petite brunette. Like, that'll do. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't even, like, they'll do instead. Fuck me. That'll get her. <laughs> yeah. That'll show her. That'll reshow her <laughs> for dumping me. Yeah. They think about women as a whole. Right. They think We're- of, not not literally a whole. They think of them as like a, a race. I mean, like just like a group of people that they want right. to get back at. Like, you, you know, like when one, racists, hurt them all. like, yeah. Like if a racist person like beats a black person to death, they think like that'll show black people. Yeah. They've completely dehumanized the people that they are victimizing right so like, we're not individuals to them or people yeah we're just like a bitch we're all bitches here i am um, am mate <laughs> <laughs> so perrin testified she said he wanted it to be someone who was close to- so his ex-girlfriend's name was kathy he wanted it to mm-hmm. be someone who was close to kathy's build and looks she testified uh, Perrin also confessed to helping her husband dispose of the bodies of Beery and Field. She, I don't know how true that was about how she, how involved she was with the first murder. Um, yeah, because there wasn't Surely much more telling... that I could find out about that. But she did confess. Surely she's to... just telling what she knows. Yeah, exactly. She gave Hughes the names of four female co-workers, including Letitia as, in quotes, possible victims for murder. So she gave him a list of people that looked like his ex-girlfriend. Jesus. What are you getting out of this relationship? Uh, Apparently, so Maureen Fields, the first first murder victim, um, her brother, he's been part of this the whole time, and he told an article that uh, Suzanne Perrin only came to cops because she started getting jealous that Hughes was obsessed with his murder victims. And... Oh, it took you that long to realize, did it? Yeah. <laughs> so She catches on quick. <laughs> yeah, that's the only reason that she came forward to cops because she was too jealous and she wanted to tell on her husband, who is now her ex-husband. Right. So she received immunity from prosecution for her testimony. Not cool. No. Hughes, on the other hand, was sentenced to three concurrent terms of seven years to life in prison. So he was given seven years for each murder, making it 21 years to life in prison. After seven years, you can, after 21 years, he can like ask for parole, but they won't necessarily give it to him. That's what I'm um, right? Well, not in this case. Uh, so at the time in 1980, California's capital punishment law was not in effect and juries didn't have the option of recommending life in prison without parole. So it was seven years that he could ask for parole. What? Yeah. That is fuck all. It's ridiculous. Yeah, Susan- it is ridiculous. So Suzanne Perrin, who was granted immunity, she changed her name and she started a new life and she moved on. Fucking hell, you might you may as well have gone to prison, mate. They'd have sent you there for about ten minutes. Right. By the sounds of things. I know. <laughs> Hughes is currently imprisoned in the California Correctional Institution, which is a supermax prison in Southern California. I'm sure I've mentioned it before. I think uh, Rodney Alcala was there. I could be wrong. Hughes has he has been eligible for parole since 1986, and he has continued to apply for it ever since. On July 25th, Ugh. 2001, a parole board gave Hughes a five-year denial of parole, which is the maximum allowed, Good. after a hearing where representatives of the victim's family spoke. Family members of the victims fought to have a longer parole time as they... They were just sick and tired of attending his parole hearings uh, yeah, every, every five year. years. Yeah, um, that's just fucking, and also just shows how like horribly selfish he is. That like, well, get this: in all those years, he never attended any of his hearings. 
What? One of the articles was like, again, Maureen Fields' brother, uh, Joseph, he was the one who's who's been kind of the spokesperson for all this. Mm. He said, it's been horrible because we have to go and sit. Every time there's a parole hearing, we have to go and sit and listen to all the th- horrible things that he did, basically. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't even attend them. Hughes doesn't even go to them. So he doesn't have to sit through that. But the families Well, I do. just think he's 100% not... I mean, like, the only blessing in that is he's obviously not going to get parole if he can't even be fucking bothered to show up. Yeah. What have you got on that's more important than that? <laughs> like, <laughs> fucking screwing toothpaste caps onto the tubes. Like, what do they make you do in prison? Like, drawing you pictures ain't busy. again? I don't know drawing crap pictures that you're gonna sell for fucking hundreds on the internet like go to your parole hearing if you want to get out right also he got remarried while he was in prison there's another one of course he fucking did look Mm -hmm. at me over here single no i'm not single but like (laughs) (laughs) i ain't fucking married (laughs) i haven't got i haven't got a ring on my finger Um, joke (laughs) yes I really tried finding more about his wife. Couldn't find anything. Like, this guy, there's not a lot about him, but he's married. There's that. He hasn't ever attended a hearing for his parole. He's been denied parole each time, obviously. Hughes hasn't participated in prison self-help opportunities or therapy since 1993, and psychiatric reports didn't support his releases. So that's another component. Well, stop letting to... him apply for parole then. Yeah. This is a waste of everyone's time. Except for the lawyers getting paid to do all that. Yeah, well, yeah, I suppose. You're right, yeah. One commissioner said the reports concluded Hughes has no feelings for others and no idea of society's norms. So that was just mm. one reason why he wasn't released on parole. The last time yeah. he was he had a parole hearing was in 2016 where he was determined still a danger to society and his next parole so it's every 5 years now so it would be this year possibly yeah. that he has a hearing for parole again. Yeah. So, this last little bit. Philip Joseph Hughes Jr., he's known as the East Bay Strangler. Uh-huh. Um well, he did a lot of different things, so Yes. I don't know, maybe was premature that name, but still. Well, he might have been responsible for more killings around Contra oh. Costa County, but it's hard to know as at least five other serial killers were active in the area at the same Fucking time. Fucking hell move. Including <laughs> uh including the Golden State Killer Joseph D'Angelo, the East Bay Slayer Charles Jackson Jr., East Bay Serial Killer Anthony McKnight. Serial killer crazy, in quotes, crazy Joe Nasso, and the I-5 strangler Whoa. Roger Kibbe, or Kib. Fucking know how you say it. hell. Yeah. <laughs> what death trap? <laughs> They're just everywhere. Like, you, you, you could be next to them one day and next to you the other one the next day. You can't fucking swing a purse without running into somebody who is literally <laughs> a serial killer. You've got Golden State Killer seeking revenge for Bonnie. You've got this guy seeking revenge for Kathy. The I-5 Strangler. Just sad. Yeah. Sad men. (laughs) Also, the I-5, like, I know of other, I know of at least, like, two other fucking I-5 killers. Yeah. Like, wasn't Keith Jesperson one? I believe so, And isn't there one, there's one right now where they don't know who it is? Yeah. Yeah. Um... The I-5 is like a death trap road. (laughs) God, why am I coming to see you? No, it's fine now. (laughs) The only thing that's going to kill us is a world pandemic. Yeah. Okay, so because of all of those guys and this guy, after Hughes was arrested, more than 15 California police agencies asked to question him regarding unsolved cases connecting to several of those serial killers. Uh, So all these different cops were trying to... And he's never talked. He's never said anything. Um, I hate him. Me too. But recent advances in DNA testing eliminated Hughes as a suspect in some of those cases. 
So there were some that they they thought that he was a part of, and they uh, found out it was one of the other guys. So fucking, you got to be careful with seventies DNA. (laughs) Yes, probably. Although he's still alive, he's still alive. So potentially they could find out more someday. Um, But that is the story of the Space Strangler, Philip Joseph Hughes Jr. He was born in. 1948 so he is 73 Ooh, he is old as fuck yeah the prison that is old that's pretty old i yeah. suppose when you're a complete and utter psychopath and you don't get stressed at anything then <laughs> that probably helps <laughs> um and he he's murdered or he's married so there's something keeping him going right now I'd say he has a few more years to go. Oh, my God. Loads of people avoided the death penalty. Um, Like, in England, the death penalty had only just been abolished when um, Ian Brady and Myra Hindley were caught. Mm. And they killed, like, they killed fucking children. Yeah. And, like, she lured them in and then Brady would, like, take them to the moors and sexually assault them and kill them. And then sometimes they would like record it. Like mm-hmm. horrible. They are the they are like the worst of the worst and like they avoided the death penalty and like, Yeah. They would be the yeah. people that would get the death penalty and they didn't. Exactly. Wait, and then there's in, other so people like in England Oh no, go on. When you had the death penalty, how mm-hmm. would people be executed? Hanging. Really? Always hanging, yeah. No other oh. way. So do you know when the last hanging was in England? Yeah, like embarrassingly late. <laughs> like 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 1961. Yeah. Or something like that. It must be, right? Um yeah. Yeah, and uh there's basically a really famous hangman called Pierpoint and he like kind of worked out the method where you see how tall someone is and how much they weigh. Right. So like work out what you have to, like what, how much drop you have to have on the rope yeah because if you hang someone properly it just snaps their neck right and then they die instantly yeah whereas if you fuck it up they either drop too far and their head gets they ripped don't off die. <laughs> or <laughs> or they drop to you don't make the drop long enough and right. they uh just strangle to death yeah yeah so sorry, I hit the microphone with my hand. Then that sound great. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake. Um, but yeah, my stepdad is like obsessed with this fucking hangman, which is a bit creepy. But still. wow, interesting. I can't really talk. We can't really talk, can <laughs> no, we? we? Let's can't. be honest. <laughs> Who are we pointing fingers at? <laughs> yeah, but that is interesting yeah. because I think in some states here like obviously the death penalty isn't in every state but i think in some states you still have the choice of possibly being hanged or obviously the Oof. chair or what's the other what's the no where they all the line chair. up and shoot you what's that called again firing squad firing squad i think you have that choice of that. gas chamber yeah and injection i think that's the one that they use the most now lethal injection is the way i'm going <laughs> like if i had the choice if i have if i'm choosing i'm choosing that in fact no that's not true actually apparently firing squad is the i'd quickest. choose that um it's kind of badass would you yeah kind of but then i think you've got to sit there and stare at the people and like you would end up shitting yourself like we cover shitting ourselves a they, lot they, on this podcast but <laughs> they blindfold you so yeah, it makes it a little bit better and also like i've read about the injection going wrong like you can't really go wrong with somebody shooting you true so also like the apparently the lethal injection there's arguments that say that the first injection paralyzes you yeah so even if you are in pain and it is going wrong people go oh it's so peaceful like it's like no you're just paralyzed you can't move even if you're in excruciating pain you can't cry out you can't writhe around anyway so nobody really knows like some people argue that it it doesn't hurt and some people argue that it does i guess we'll never know i fucking hope we'll never know (laughs) (laughs) 
I just think I've had operations before, so I could probably go, it's just an operation. It's just an operation. It's like, yeah. it's like the anticipation is worse than the event. It is. Do you think? Yes. <laughs> like a I lot agree. worse. Anyway, that's not going to happen because, well, definitely not to me because no. we don't have that here. So. <laughs> Also, we're good people. <laughs> so as long as you, yeah, as long, and, and we don't break the law for the most part. As long as you don't kill anyone, Rach, then. All right. I'll try and not on that to. Hole, Shell, <laughs> I will try every day <laughs> not to fucking kill someone. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. On that note, time for me to go to bed and dream about none of this. <laughs> throwing an axe at someone's face <laughs> yes i'll be doing that tomorrow report back next week yeah happy birthday okay. thanks for listening thanks, listeners mate. send happy birthday wishes to talissa and we will oh, talk to you next week thanks mate yeah okay bye bye thanks for listening to transatlantic crime this week if you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at TransatCrimePod, Instagram at TransatlanticCrime, and on Facebook with Transatlantic Crime Podcast. Thanks, bye. <laughs>